Hear That Podcast Ground is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers that are able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Now, look, I, I, I like football. I like watching football. Watching Bengals football is tough. I get it. So maybe try to get tickets to Billy Joel or go see Pearl Jam or go see My Guys Fish. They're on tour coming up. You can use Game Time for that too. You don't have to use it for sad things like Bengals games. And the Game Time app is simple. It's quick. It's easy to navigate. So download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Edition of Hear That Podcast, Growling, Paul Inner Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. The Bengals are 0-11. As far as we know, this is the first time anyone has ever done 11 consecutive Tuesday losing week podcasts in Bengals franchise history. That is a fact. Good. That's a fact. No one's done it. We're no lucky. one's done it. We're pioneers. <laughs> we, I, it certainly, it certainly feels like we're pioneers. It certainly feels like we're back in the days before electricity and hope. <laughs> Forward passes. <laughs> Forward passes. <laughs> it really does. Uh, and you know, news just keeps right on happening here in Bengal land. As much as, uh, you would think they would be 0 and 11 and out of the headlines and a complete afterthought. The gum on the shoe of the NFL at this point, it is. They, they kind of are the gum on the shoe. It's just, you can't you can't walk right. It keeps sticking. You don't want it to be on there, and you're like shaking it. And there's the Bengals making the move back to Andy Dalton, folks. That's right. If, As we, if you if you listen to us, you knew that they had no choice. But to do this, so you know that you knew this was coming. If you don't listen to us and you're just, you know what, you're traveling on Thanksgiving week and you're like, you know what, I haven't listened to the, the new Bengals podcast. I, I, I really am behind. I should see where they're at. Then you may be surprised to hear that they would move on. But we, you, if you listen to us, you know this is what was happening. Or if you watched Ryan Finley throw passes, you knew this was happening. <laughs> But if, if Zach yes. would have, if Zach would have waited one more day to announce this, you, you, there could have been some symmetry there because when they when they benched Dalton and went to Finley, I was out of town and you're getting ready to travel. You almost missed it. I almost got almost. stuck with it this time. Almost, but yet here we are, both continuing to live this beautiful, glorious Bengals hell that this season has been as we try to get this damn thing over with already. Uh, We've got five more weeks of people screaming about Burrow versus Chase Young. So we'll go ahead and do that a little bit on this episode after we get done talking about Dalton. And and part of that will be about talking about the likelihood that the Bengals have the opportunity to take Joe Burrow. Is bringing back Andy Dalton jeopardizing their chance of the true tank, the hedge tank? They've pulled the rug up out from underneath the hedge tank, Jay. No. Uh, we've, we've got... We've got uh, behind the curtain, we will give you some of Zach Taylor discussing why he made the move back to Andy Dalton. Jay, of course, has stats. I bet you they're sad stats. Oh, they are. <laughs> they always are. Uh, Actually, play run- I have one that might is a little positive. So I, I have a couple stats. So uh, I, 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 there's a little bit of a balance there. You're really in the spirit of the season. You know, you gotta, you're got you sneaking some pause, something to be thankful for, right? You gotta be thankful for something in an 0-11 season. I'm thankful for this podcast. Yes, everybody should be. <laughs> it's, it's what we've all got. It's, it's a, it's a hug in the middle, in the dungeon is what it is. It's like you're, you're stuck in this sort of dungeon. You don't know a way out that you're, you're you got, you're like, hand is on a chain. You know, on one hand, you know, the, the left leg is also chained up. 
But there's ever but twice a week, three times a week, someone comes down those steps, gives you some cheese and a hug. That's us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a hug in a dungeon sounds terrifying to me. But Jay's Jay, <laughs> like, you know what? I'll take the dungeon. No hugs, please. <laughs> Keep forgetting that you're not a hugger, which we've also learned amongst many things we've learned about Jay this year. Even if I was, I don't want one in a dungeon. That's <laughs> true. It's a bad place for a hug. <laughs> uh, so we've got plenty to get to. Let's dive in before we get too far. We've done. We've gone on the hug tangent before. We're going to try not to do that again. Uh, all right. So Zach Taylor makes the move back to Andy Dalton, just like uh, we told you they had to. Um, it comes down to this: Ryan Finley's terrible, and if this move. To Ryan Finley originally was about turning over every stone and evaluating Finley. And if you lose in the process, well, that sort of helps you get to where you need to go anyway. The Finley evaluation was made. It was done. And you started to see what I guess you would call unintended consequences of that. Or maybe understood the consequences that could come from that. And at a certain point... You can't sell this to the locker room anymore. And I don't know that they – no one could have thought that Finley would have been this bad. There was a hope that he could come in and maybe be something. But it all, you only needed as long as you needed to make the true evaluation. And the, it was easy to make that evaluation after three games. Maybe Finley's career, he'll get other shots – and he'll have evolved a little bit more and have more comfort in what he's doing out there. And there are, yes, there are quarterbacks that have had three bad games to start their careers. It doesn't mean you stink. However, it is apparent after three games that he's not the answer long term. So you have to start worrying about those other unintended consequences or, again, consequences that you knew could come of this. And that is you can't sell it anymore. So you have to make this change if you're trying to prove that you care about winning and you're not actually tanking and that means saying it to your locker room that we are trying to win because no one would believe that you're trying to win if you trotted Ryan Finley back out there against the Jets I mean forget the evaluation these last three weeks what was going on with the evaluation in the pre-draft process I mean it's not it, it's not like you think his arm's going to get stronger. I mean, that's the biggest knock on him. You, a lot of times with young quarterbacks, it's like, you know, it's it's too fast. Um, they're struggling to pick up things. They're, they're struggling to pick up what the defense is doing. And, and by all accounts, you know, that Zach was pleased with the way Finley was processing information, both in during the week and on game day. But he just – the pocket presence wasn't there. The – the arm strength definitely isn't there, and when, when you're evaluating a guy, you can't you can't just assume his arm's going to get stronger. I mean, they took him in the fourth round. I don't that you have to wonder about that whole process. They knew they needed a quarterback. Um, why go get a guy like this unless you know that is you know Zach wants to do this this get rid of the ball quick, short little passes, but you still got to have a guy that can throw the ball down the field because you're going to need to do that at times, and it's just really puzzling why they targeted this guy. I think, you know, when, when you to go back to the pre-draft process, there was a lot of Andy Dalton light, Jared Goff light. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of the things that those two guys do except make those throws to the edges and because of his arm strength. So you're, you're running the offense, but there's a reason light is thrown on there, and it's not Andy Dalton plus, Jared Goff plus because there's that, that deficiency. The rest of it you could see developing into being that type of a quarterback. And that's fine for a backup quarterback, or hell, he may end up in a, a third-string quarterback in this league. I, I don't really know. All I know is in three games he went, this is via PFF uh, you know, air, air charts, to 10 yards and beyond and outside the hashes. So NFL throws. Got, if you're a quarterback in this league, you have to be able to make those throws. 3 of 18 for 67 yards, touchdown and a pick. The touchdown was an absolute duck to Tyler Boyd. Anybody that's mm -hmm. seen that highlight knows what we're talking about. It was a great play by Boyd, but it turns it into a jump ball because it just is a, it's a duck lobbed out to the side. 3 of 18 for 67 yards, a touchdown and a pick, trying to throw NFL throws. You can't be that. 
you and you can't overcome that. And in particular, this offense that already has teams just up in the box because their receivers don't have speed or separation now takes away the the outside the outside routes like they already are are completely restricted not being able to go deep and now you can't go out i mean it's it's an impossible task to ask and you 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 know you just can't have it so at this point you go back to dalton and you bring into play the idea that he might win you some games. You have a two-game buffer, sort of, you know, depending on how you how everything will shake out, which we'll dive into. But you, you, you go back to him. The reaction of players unabashedly on social, by the way, tells you all you need to know. Joe Mixon with an LFG exclamation points, red rifle. Billy Price had something in his Instagram story. I mean, it was out there. There, we, it, there's just that move didn't sit well in the locker room in the first place. And this move certainly is rejoiced. Dalton is a leader. He's a guy everybody respected and, and, and liked. Ryan Finley is whatever the opposite of that is. And, you know, you end up, <laughs> that's, that's how this is. That, that, that's how it was received. And I think that's a big part of why this, also a big part of why this move happened. Yeah. He's, I, and uh, that, that's a big part of it is just how well respected and Andy is. But of, of course, they they know they see the film. They know that Andy gives them a better chance to win, and they are. I know the fans want tanking, but that's not what these players want. That the players still want to win games, um, whether it whether it carries over or not. That's questionable. I mean, every time they come back in in May for OTAs, how many times do you hear about it's a fresh start? Last year doesn't matter. It's behind us. Blah blah blah. But there's still an importance to the guys on this roster to to not just to, to win games, but to avoid that 0-16 stigma. That's something nobody wants, and the fans want it, of course, because they, they want the number one overall pick. But they're, they're still trying to win games on the field, and we've talked about it. You They win those last two games if Andy Dalton's in there, and I, I just think – Everybody saw the writing on the wall, and, it, and it, the the fact that they're actually voicing it, it speaks loud too. Because a lot of times guys would be all for this move and kind of pumping their fists in silence in the locker room, but the fact that guys are voicing it publicly really speaks volumes. I think about both those guys, about Andy and about Ryan. Nobody wants to go zero and sixteen, and and you can you can hear it more now than ever. Zach Taylor cannot go 0 and 16. And, no. and it is feeling for him, it's just, it, it's, it's all he answers to pretty much anything. They just need to win. They need to not be 0 and 16. They need to shake that off and just find a way to get one or two and call it a day because, and, and it's a, it is a delicate balance. And that's why, you know, we, we may look back after this season and say, man, while, while it has looked like, the Bengals don't have a plan and look clueless. And maybe they are. And maybe they have been. You can, you can make that argument. We may look back and say that three-game stretch of giving Ryan Finley a chance saved this team from keep to keep the number one pick. Because you're right. If they win those two games, they're sitting at two and nine like everybody else. They're facing the possibility of picking fourth or fifth or whatever. But now, because of this, because of they blew those two games because Ryan Finley was terrible – you end up sitting right where you are and in the driver's seat to get Joe Burrow and hope that you have hit the quarterback lottery and that that is what works out for you. Cause that's to me what this is about. You ran through the, the, uh, the tiebreakers. This is important for people to, to know going down the stretch. Um, just kind of, just kind of chart out for people as you broke it down, how, how that, uh, works and how it looks right now. Well, yeah, the it, I was surprised by this. I I always thought tiebreaker scenarios for for draft order would be similar to you know what it is for playoffs, but it's not. Head to head has no bearing on it whatsoever. So if if the Bengals and Dolphins finish tied for the worst record in the league, it doesn't matter who wins that Week 16 game. It all comes down to strength of schedule and. Right now, there, I, 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 in the story that's up today, the final thoughts, there's, there's 
six teams that have a possibility of going three and thirteen or worse. Um, there's another two teams that the Lions and Cardinals have three wins, but they also tied each other. So the worst they could do would be would be what three twelve and one. So that's they're I'm taking them out of the mix. But when you look at all the other teams, the the um, Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins, um, Broncos. And now the uh, Bengals and who else? Oh, the Falcons could still do it. Um, you look at all their their current strength of schedules. The, the Bengals have the hardest schedule, which again, weirdly, you would think that would net you the number one pick. But the NFL does it the opposite way: that the team with the worst, with the easiest strength of schedule, would get that number one pick. And yeah. uh, the, the the Giants are it. They they are the front runners right now. Um, their their strength of schedule is currently their winning percentage of all their opponents is 466. The Bengals are way up at 581. There, there's no way in the next even if all the Giants opponents like go on this run at the end and all the teams the Bengals have played so far this year tank down the stretch. There's no way they're overcoming that. There's just not enough games. So basically, the Bengals need to finish with the worst record in football if they want the number one pick. If they finish tied with one of those teams, they're probably not going to get it. I also uh, would like to uh, send this clip to the NFL and say that I have an answer to help them with this, and that is tiebreakers in draft order should go back to head-to-head with the winner getting the better pick. Incentivize these games for teams to win. Yeah. So that it so that it matters. So if you end up with games, here's what you're going to have down the stretch. Listen to this: Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Bengals. Right? These are the four, these are the four teams in contention. I'm going to throw Broncos and Falcons out with their three wins because I mean the Bengals going three and two down the stretch. I'm just not going to entertain that. So <laughs> you've got you've got the Dolphins play the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Okay, the Giants play. The Dolphins and the Redskins. The Redskins play the Giants. The Bengals play the Dolphins. All these teams are playing each other. And you, as a league, are worried about tanking and teams losing on purpose. Well, if you incentivize winning head-to-head against other teams that are in contention for the pick, you incentivize winning. And that's important. And we're not talking about total overall so you can still win and it can be bad for you you're still allowing the worst teams to be towards the bottom but tiebreakers is where you see this it, it, you, it you see it happen all over the place where you have uh you know even all the way up to picks 9 10 and 11 or whatever incentivize winning those games where you're beating those like teams so you keep teams trying to win these games could you imagine if the Bengals were playing the dolphins and the winner would get the number one pick like you were trying to win for the number one pick. I have said on here before, I think there should be one game at the end of the season, the two worst teams play each other, the winner gets the top pick. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. That would be great made for television. The CBA would never approve it, but I would love it. No. The other uh, thing about that, though, is, it, I mean, if, you know, if the, if the Bengals and Dolphins were tied for the worst record going into that game, then, then that kind of takes that, that out of, play because if, if you win that you get the tiebreaker edge but then it you, does. Lo- you lose overall but again the tanking whole, the whole tanking thing is more of a a, a scheme and, and approach thing it's not it, it's not what happens on the field no no team it, once the game starts note the players the coaches they're not out there trying to lose it's it's more the way you construct the 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 roster and and, and that kind of thing moving through the season as opposed to what actually happens on game day, because you can't you can't play football that way. You can't go out to try to lose. You're going to get hurt. Think there's things are going to go bad. But I do like that idea. Like you said, the CBA would never go for it. But man, that would I mean that would almost be more fun to watch than than a first round wild card game to see who's going to get that number one pick with everything on the line, especially in a year like this where with with the questions around Tua and, and it, it's. It's not, you know, okay, we'll, we'll take second choice to or Joe Burrow. It's like Joe Burrow or bust kind of thing. Um, that'd be fascinating to watch. It's kind of like, and, and I, I'm almost, I'm, I hesitate to even bring this up, but it's like, do you remember? And cause it, it was, it was awful that this existed, but do you remember bum fights? 
Remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was they would basically it, they got in a ton of trouble for it, but they would like they would incentivize bums to fight each other, and they would tape it, and it was it was like the oh, early yeah. earlier stages of the internet, and. It was like it was like a train wreck that people just would watch, you know, and it was just awful. And that's what that would be the the, the post the, the week eighteen like one versus two game. That's what that would be. That's what that would be. Anyway, the train wreck that you didn't want to watch. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, I I do want to say this. So so when you look at those teams that play each other, the point the biggest point of these teams all playing each other is these teams are going to get wins. Okay. So dolphins, giants, redskins, somebody's got to win those games. So these teams are going to sort of eliminate themselves at some point. Really, you know, can the, can the dolphins beat the giants, you know, can, or can the giants beat, Miami and watch at some point it feels like these teams are all so bad there's going to be some sort of split amongst them and they all probably end up with at least three wins I mean that feels like the most likely thing out of those three teams that are two and nine they all have three wins yeah and what's interesting the the Giants Redskins game is week 16 it's a one o'clock game it's on the same time as as Bengals Dolphins so that is that is going to be a a major window, that one o'clock window in week 16 for that number one pick. And what's also kind of, I don't know, amazing, strange here, the Giants and Redskins are both in the mix for the number one overall pick. They're in the same division and the first place team in that division six and five. I mean, how how bad is the NFC East? Normally, if you have two teams that are that bad, you figure you're going to have like a, a Patriots at ten and one, or the the Ravens running away with the division, and they've got two bottom dwellers in that division, and still the the first place team is one game above five hundred. The Sunday night game for Week sixteen is Chiefs at Bears. Eh. Get that flexed. No one wants to watch Trubisky. No one wants to watch Trubisky. Other games that week that are maybe good games. Ravens, Browns. I mean, I think the Browns might be maxed out in primetime anyway. Like Saints, Titans, Rams, Niners. I mean, there's a lot. Bills, Pats, maybe. I mean, those. No, those Bills, Pats is actually that's not even on Sunday. So you could be. I say Bengals, Dolphins moves to the. No to the flex. We don't yeah. want no no primetime games. <laughs> Giants in Washington at bigger markets that clearly needs to be the primetime game. Bengals Dolphins Tank Fest in primetime. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. We got to change flights uh, if that happens. <laughs> a very early oh, flight on Monday. All right, look, we've established the Bengals have given everyone a case of the sads. You're wearing your early 90s Zubaz around the house. They've got stains on them from all the like old spaghetti and lasagna. But you're sick of eating that stuff. Well, enter DoorDash. Restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to all your favorite restaurants in your city and ordering's easy. Just open the Dash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code GROWLIN. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code GROWLIN. Don't forget, that's promo code Growlin for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. So we've got that going on. Here's here's the other side of this. And I hesitate to even start this here because it's a much longer conversation. I mean, and one that we are going to have for months. But I just hear so much about Chase Young versus Joe Burrow right now that I feel like we need to address it uh, the conversation a little bit. And now we don't know 
nobody knows. No one has started putting their board totally together at this point. No, no one has ranked Burrow versus Young uh, inside the Bengals draft offices as far as I know. It's certainly nothing that they would tell us. Um, I'm sure they have thoughts. But here's the thing. It, it, and it, it's like anything. It comes down to your evaluation. Do you believe Joe Burrow is a real guy? And if you do, and his season this year suggests he's a real guy, and you worry because one season, small sample size. We talked about this last year with Dwayne Haskins. Well, small sample size. One season. Couldn't win the job at Ohio State. Wasn't so good last year. Maybe it's all fluke. Maybe it's Joe Brady, you know, the the LSU offensive coordinator. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah, Joe Burrow is playing in the SEC and destroying everything in his path and showing everything you need. He has a repu- his reputation before any of this was competitor, leader, tough. But you're like, eh, I don't know where his quarterback skills are going to lie. And what he's done this year has proven he's got the quarterback skills. And I think that's why people would be believers in him. And the bottom line is, you just, people say, you got to, oh, get Lawrence next year. Wait, wait to get the quarterback. You might be waiting for a decade. If you think a guy can be a guy, can be a top 10 quarterback, and you could have a top 10 quarterback on a rookie deal, sometime in the next four years to be a top 10 quarterback, if you believe that's possible in Joe Burrow, and you think that's likely in Joe Burrow, it's a risk you're going to take no matter who you take. You just have to do it. The value is immense. The effect on the game is immense. Even Chase Young, at his best, makes four to five big plays a game. Your quarterback touches the ball every single offensive snap. He is the leader of your team. He's everything you build around, and this team doesn't have one. They have evaluated Dalton. No. They've evaluated Finley. No. They don't have a quarterback. They're picking one. You have to take the quarterback. Unless you think he's a total fluke, unless you think he totally is not the real deal, and his film this year does not suggest that, you have to take the quarterback. And I feel that is the, you know, they have no, there is no discrepancy in the Bengals front office about the value of the rookie quarterback. We know that much. We've heard them talk about it before, about how important they look at it as the most valuable commodity in their sport is the rookie QB deal. They understand that. And the Bengals know value up there. The one thing they know. (laughs) So, to me, that's where this sits in my head, and I feel like that's where this sits in their head. And they looked at Ryan Finley to see if possibly he could be something and they could get the best of both worlds. But for the most part, you have to take the quarterback. And I think that's where this lands. I think that's where they're at. And I think that what has happened with Dalton and Finley this year has only cemented that fact. Yeah, I I get the the people that are banging the drum for Chase Young. I I don't agree with them, but I get it because it it just seems like these these quarterbacks, as much as they go number one overall, number two overall, I mean, what's Jared Goff right now? What's Carson Wentz right now? The it, it's not a lock, and it Chase Young feels like a lock, and we kind of talked about it um, on one of our previous. A lock podcasts. to be what though? A lock to, to be a what? difference, a difference maker, just to to be to be worthy of that number one pick, and that's what I, that's what I'm saying is it, it doesn't. He may be the greatest defensive end ever, but it's, it doesn't matter if if you don't have a quarterback. You have to get you have to get the quarterback when you have a shot. Like you said, there's no guarantees. What if what if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt next year? Or what if what if he I mean he's already backslid a little bit. This year hasn't been as good as last year. There there's no guarantee he's the answer. You just you just can't you can't plan a football team that way and wait for the next big thing. If if they have the opportunity, they have to take it. But I get where fans are on this Chase Young bandwagon because it, at that position it it seems like like we talked about in that earlier podcast, it's 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 more of a one-on-one athleticism thing, and he's got everything you want, and he can be a huge difference maker. And he's almost, it seems like he's a lock to be a stud. Whereas you have those questions about quarterback, but that it's still it's a gamble you have to take. 
you you have to get the court especially if you're a team in the Bengals situation because what is right they may need two quarterbacks next year we, from what we've seen for three weeks do you have to question whether Ryan Finley can even be a decent backup in this league so no question if they have that number one pick it has to be Burrow if they don't have that number one pick then you have to start even considering a trade back and getting a Love or a Herbert or something like that. They just they can't afford to take the sure thing and chase Young. If you asked the 49ers if they had to get rid of one player, would they rather get rid of Nick Bosa or Jimmy Garoppolo? If you had to ask... Houston, Texas, if they'd rather get rid of J.J. Watt in his prime or Deshaun Watson, if you had to ask the Browns if they'd rather get rid of Miles Garrett or Baker Mayfield, who would they take? You know the answer to this. Yeah, okay? It's, it's not – this isn't even a thing, right? And so if if you are making – that that is easy as can be. And again, it's – if you think Joe Burrow is – overrated all i know is every metric every evaluator you talk to everybody that's talking about him is talking about how he's the he looks like the real deal and we have seen players have one big season in recent years spring onto the scene and be very good in this league baker mayfield kyler murray we've seen in the last couple just last couple drafts go number one overall i mean it's it's not like this doesn't happen and we see more and more Players that play well on the college level are translating more often to the NFL level because the college game is becoming the NFL game and it is even more indicative of what a quarterback will look like here because the offenses look so much similar, more so than they ever did. The whole does he convert to a pro-style offense thing used to be a question of the past. It is not anymore because the NFL offense is the college offense. Joe Burrow is running what a guy came over from the Saints and started running for him. Now, it's on this coaching staff to find out what fits for Joe Burrow if they draft him and not trying to shove him into their 11 personnel system. And maybe that's what it needs to be. That's a whole conversation for another day. Don't try to put a square peg in a round hole. But this guy is out here running an NFL system. and It's all the same. College NFL is the same. And he's doing it in the SEC. He's doing it against NFL-level defenses, Alabama's. You know, we're, and, we're, we're, and what? I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned that. Was, that was the point I was going to make is you mentioned the coaching staff. What better spot for him to come to? Even if you have doubts about, you know, what he is right now, if he if he comes to the Bengals, he's coming to a coaching staff with a head coach with a background as a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator with a background as a quarterback coach, and a quarterback coach in Alex Van Pelt that is one of the most respected in the league. There couldn't be a better situation for him to come to in terms of development. It just it just makes so it makes so much sense on so many levels. There's it really shouldn't even be a discussion. It's it's burrow or bust. I would agree. I would agree. You take him. You start. It's, if it's about starting over, the best reboots. In you know, you look at this team's recent history. It was when Carson took over. It was when Andy took over. You know, you 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 get the quarterback and you and you and you reboot it. And, and they can. You know, they're a little – because the other side of the argument is, no, you get the quarterback last. Build the team and then get the quarterback last. Well, I feel like that is that is the benefit of this year is they're able to evaluate the roster, get that fixed the same time they draft the quarterback. I think that's possible. I don't think you – I think it's very possible to do both of those in one offseason because the, the, the holes on what this team is trying to do, on what the staff is trying to accomplish, are much more apparent now than they were before. So you can – you can fix those. Now, will they do it? Lord knows we've seen them botch this time and time again. The belief in them as a, as a front office pulling this off is the issue at play with liking this franchise as a whole. However, it's not like it can't be done. So you get into that situation where you, you can revamp this roster and fix the holes that you know need to be fixed, bring back the guys that you know responded to you and that are in this thing for the, for the right reasons and doing it and doing it the way you need to. 
and you can fix that and then plug, and plug the quarterback in at the same time. You get a second year in the system for most everybody else. You you grow Joe Burrow and 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 hope that he's the guy. And that's the bet. I mean, you gotta you gotta be betting on him to be the guy. But we know who they have right now. They don't think is the guy. So that to me, that's that conversation. If you end up further back and you're you're having a discussion about Tua and his injury, or if you think Justin Herbert is the guy versus Chase Young, we'll have that talk. That's a different talk, and that comes back to what happens with these other games down the stretch and where you end up. But if they're one, I I can't speak for them. But, man, it seems painfully obvious where they would go. I mean, all. there's no choice. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to the rest of our stuff here. So in case you haven't heard it, I want to bring you about five minutes. Zach's press conference was what? It was like 15 minutes, I think, something like that. On uh, Yeah. Went a little longer than normal. Um, yeah, we cut it down. We'll get, give you about the best five minutes of Zach Taylor talking about the move back to Andy Dalton, answering a few questions you may have. Uh, so you can hear some of that. And then we'll come back with some stats, some run past or boot. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, of course, predicts and Bengals wins, all that stuff. Here is Zach Taylor talking about the move back. Just quickly on the injury front, <clears throat> Alex Redman uh, tore his bicep yesterday in pregame warm-ups. So he, he was out for the game, obviously, when he did that in warm-ups, and he's out for the remainder of the season. Um, Seathan Carter had a concussion, so he'll go through the protocol this week. You know, just kind of what we went through last week with Auden Tate, see where he's at day-to-day. If he can clear the protocol, we'll see how that goes. So those were really the two that uh, major ones that came up from the game. There were some other um, minor stuff that occurred um, that will limit some guys through the week, but for the most part, those are the two major ones. Um, the big decision coming for today is we're going to go back to Andy Dalton at quarterback. Um, it's it's been it's been tough. Both those guys over the course of the season, it's not an easy decision. Anytime we've had to make it, which has been twice this year, you know it's. Um, but it's in the best interest of the football team right now to do this and get Andy back out there, and we're going to face some good defenses here these next couple of weeks. That present a lot of challenges. I feel like he's going to give us an opportunity to win the game, and so that's the decision we we settled on this morning. What's, what's the biggest reason for that? Is, is it because it's just easier for Ryan to take a step back at this point and, and it's just kind of becoming too much for him? Or? I don't think it was ever too much for him. It's, we've obviously had our challenges on offense, really regardless of who's playing quarterback. And, you know, it's you can always say it's not fair to you. One of those guys, the times I've gotten pulled, and, and you heard my thoughts on you got to give a rookie some time to play. And um, But as I, I really sleep on it, think through it, you know, Andy gives us a great chance to, to – go win a game here and um, Ryan has, has done the things we've asked him to do it's hard it's hard to be a rookie quarterback in this league and he still has a really bright future here and um, so it's it's you know you want to explain to him this isn't this, this doesn't change your future with us it's been a tough stretch it's going to continue to be a tough stretch this year we know that and um, just had to make the decision to, to put Andy back in there your intention was for uh, Finley to play the eight games and evaluate him and then obviously things unfold yeah. Um, is, is Andy, is it a, a one-week thing? Is it the rest of the season thing? Well, I, I think I've put my foot in my mouth enough with timelines over the last four months that um, that I'm going to, you know, anytime you make a decision, you're, you're trying to make it for the the, the, the long term of the season. And, but, again, that's, um, I think I'd be foolish to make any comments like that. Is it more he gives you that best chance to win and, and build momentum going into next year? Is that the biggest reason you want to see him out there now? Yeah, we just want to win. And, and that veteran... Um, presence he has will, will certainly be helpful um, through all the things that we've experienced so far in offense and he's got great experience and again we've, we're facing a challenging coordinator this week who's, who's got a lot of experience in this league and really challenges guys and um, you know Andy, Andy will help us prepare for that and um, again it's we, we've we've always known Andy's a, a great quarterback we've made the changes for the reasons we needed to and and now it's time to give him another opportunity. Andy, I mean, some, would, some would say you know he's you know you might play yourself out of the number one pick if you do that. You go back to all. Your response would be? I'll let those people say that. We just want to win. When you made the change, Andy wanted to be traded. Were there, mm-hmm. Did you feel like you needed to amend any Andy and I have had many, many, many conversations since all that happened, uh, before and after. And we've been on the same page. Andy's handled it as well as you could hope any veteran would. 
um, wants to play, feels like he can help the team win, uh, but at the same time was still a leader for us and, and went about things the right way when he wasn't the starting quarterback. And so it's, um, you know, he and I have always had a relationship where we can be open with each other. And, and uh, so, you know, appreciate that. And now we're, we're now we're back and we're relying on him to help us win games, and, and he's going to take that and run with it. Do you think you ran the risk of potentially losing the locker room if you didn't go back to Andy and you got going back into that? No, I think the team has understood everything we've done up to this point. And, um you know, it's it's. I always have an open door for those guys to come up and talk, and and at times throughout the season, people have felt like they needed to. They they have, and they know that I'm going to be open with them, and and um, so I, I feel like we're at a good place with the locker room, and, and have been throughout the whole season. All right, much uh, much thanks to uh, Zach for being as forthcoming as he usually is uh, on the podium. Another another big move, and uh, you know he comes out with egg on his face here, right? I mean, yeah, it, clearly, it, it's it, there's no way around it. You you make this big move, and then three weeks later, you're having to go back. You know, but it's better than saying no, be stubbornly saying I, I this is a decision I made. I'm riding it out. I'll, I'll cre- uh, you know I will credit him on the open mind with that and seeing the mistake or seeing understanding the current situation and and not being afraid to be like, yeah, I end up with my egg in my face, but so what? This is what we got to do. Um. You come off looking as bungling, but how could you not at 0-11? So uh, it's 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 where we're at. All right, Jay. Yeah, I was going to say, at 0-11, what's one more egg? And yeah. my, <laughs> my, my favorite part of that press conference is he sits down and he opens it with injury updates on Alex Redman and Seathan Carter. And then, oh, by the way... We're making a switch at quarterback. I mean, I just yeah. I, I, well, I get those like, out of the way first. <laughs> Burying the lead. That was I, I found that interesting that he that talk he about the press talk conference. about Bengals luck this year. Alex Redman yeah. hurts himself in a, the last snap of pregame warmups on Sunday. Jonah Williams hurts himself in OTAs. AJ Green hurts himself in a glorified walkthrough on the first practice of training camp. If these guys could just like not get hurt while walking around, this season might look a little different. It's wild. That is some wild bad luck on the I mean, that's that's insane. You're 0 at 11 anyway, why even practice? Why practice? You just it's get only hurt. hurting you. <laughs> Literally. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jay, do you have stats that are sad but yet one that's thankful? I do. I, we, we've got both ends here. The first one, okay, anybody that watched, as I gleefully did as a Lamar Jackson fantasy owner last night, in two leagues, watched that game last night to see the Ravens score six touchdowns on six possessions. Wow. I was curious, uh, how many possessions do you think you have to go back to find six touchdowns <laughs> for the Bengals? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm really curious now. Pick a number. We'll see how close you are. Oh, how many possessions since they had six? Well, I mean, they're only scoring one touchdown a game. So you've got to, you got to go back. Let's see. Arizona. It's got to be the Arizona game, right? No, you, you go back to that offensive explosion against the Jaguars when they scored two. Um, <laughs> 52 possessions, six oh touchdowns in their last 52 possessions. Oh, Jay, that's such a sad stat. That might be your saddest. <laughs> that's pretty that bad. That might be your saddest of the year. Cause I, I was gonna, I was debating whether, you know, to even go back to if that Baltimore, the Brandon Wilson touchdown kickoff return would count. And, and I was thinking, no, that's not going to count because that wasn't an offensive possession, but that, that was before the Jacksonville game. So you get 13 last week, 11 with the Raiders, uh, 10 with the Rams, um, or 10 with, the Ravens, nine with the Rams, and nine with the Jaguars. So 52 possessions have netted six touchdowns. That is putrid. My God. Oh, now for the uplifting. Me, yeah, let's, 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 whew, just okay. let's go to the other side. All right. Andy Dalton is, he, he started multiple games against every AFC opponent, uh, in his career, obviously with how long he's been around. Um, he's undefeated against three of them, and the Jets are one of those teams. Uh, Dalton is three and zero against the Chargers, two and zero against the Raiders, and two and zero against the Jets. So, wow. 
for the fans that don't want the number one overall pick and want a win, there is a little glimmer of hope. And next year, if Andy's looking for somewhere to go, if, if, if it's not here, which it doesn't look like it will be, he's actually, he's 2-0 and against five dip. well, no, I'm sorry. He's undefeated against five different NFC teams, the Falcons, Lions, Eagles, and Buccaneers, and he's 1-0-1 against the Redskins. He, he owns the NFC. So maybe that's <laughs> that's where his future is, is to get traded over to that side. Yes. Wow. Uh that is, I'm that 52 drives. That's just so bad. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> let's let's go back to uh, so let's let's play a little run passer boot here. Uh, run passer boot time. Here's my Bengals one. The Bengals this year will win zero, one, or two or more games. Run passer boot, Jay. Um. I'm going to run with one. I do think Andy's going to give him a lift. I don't think that win's going to come this week. We'll get into our predictions later. Um, I just I think it's really hard to go 0-16 in this league, and there's a win somewhere. Maybe it's Miami. Maybe it's catching a Cleveland team that's out of it in Week 17. It's definitely not New England. But there, one win sounds right. Um I'll I'll pass on two. It could happen. I'm gonna boot zero. I just I I just especially with them going back to Andy now. I just I cannot see this team going 0 and 16. As bad as they've been, I just with the with the possible return of AJ hanging out there now that Andy's back, uh, I just no way. 0 and 16 is not happening. I'm I'm still not buying AJ Turner, but I am very interested to see if he comes back this week. That would tell yeah. us all we need to know. I got to the stadium early on Sunday, and, and he was out there running routes. Um, and, and With Andy. Yeah, with Andy throwing him the ball. And, and I posted a video on Twitter. He was he was cutting and exploding, and he looked great. And that's never been the issue with this because he's done that before, and then there's been a problem with the way the ankle responded after those workouts with the way it swelled. And, and some people kind of question that, but I, I was talking to Dave Lapham, the, the team color analyst that knows this team better than anybody. And he said he saw AJ's ankle after that, that last workout when, when the, this whole issue that led to this one was like three weeks ago. And he said it looked horrible that, that it was not a made up thing. He's not playing games that there, there really was a reaction there. And I, I believe Lap. He's always been a straight shooter. So I, I don't think AJ's playing games. I know there's some, been some questions about that. The big thing, and, and we, I wanted to get to it in the press conference with Zach yesterday, and questions kind of went another way, but that that's going to be uh, something to look at is, is how AJ's ankle responded after a, a pretty vigorous workout Sunday morning and, and whether he can get back on the practice field this week. We'll see. I, all I know is this. If he comes back this week, it looks painfully obvious what happened. Yes. Had all plans on coming back, and then they benched Andy, and he said, I ain't playing another snap for this team. I'm not catching a damn ball from Ryan Finley. I can tell you that much. Not with my contract on the line. And now that Andy's back, all of a sudden maybe AJ's swelling doesn't swell. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wait, wait a week for that reason and – Next week, you you go to Cleveland and play on grass. On grass, we all know get AJ off this prefers, turf. Yes, AJ <laughs> prefers grass to turf. So maybe maybe Cleveland is where the the return comes. And then if you if that did happen, you could theoretically trot out Joe Mixon, AJ Green, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, Cordy Glenn, Andy Dalton on your offense, getting the game the back fir- together. Getting the gang back together, you know? But I mean, really, it, you, you have yet to see this offense with any semblance of the pieces that you expected it to have at all yeah. this whole year. So that's also part of it. That doesn't excuse anything that has happened offensively. 52 drives, like all the, you know, they still are yet to score more than two touchdowns in a game. It doesn't excuse any of it, but. When you say those names off, obviously the offense would look exponentially different 
with those guys in the game. The idea of having that is why you think maybe they could win a game or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, run pass or boot, by the way, I am I am doing the same thing. I am going to run with one pass two, and I'm going to boot zero. I I think they get one. They I, they may get one this week. I mean, there there it does appear if you judge by what you've heard and seen from players on social, there is going to be a lift from Andy coming back and the defense playing a little better and, and the things that they've had going on. So maybe that's enough. But I think the Jets are playing really well. It's going to make it tough. Um, but I do think at some point they probably get one. So that's that's I'm I'm with you. I think we're both the same there. Uh, I have I have a run passer boot for you, Jay. Okay. In honor of uh, Turkey Day coming up here uh, on Thursday, what is your favorite turkey-related activity? Turkey bowl? Turkey run? Like the turkey trots? Or turkey hunt? Would you turkey? Would you play in a turkey bowl? Would you run in a turkey trot? Or would you go on a turkey hunt? Uh, I'm going to run with the, with the run. Um, I've done a couple turkey runs and there's nothing better than getting up early on thanksgiving day going for a run and then just burning all those calories and having a guilt-free pig out after that um i'll I'll pass on the turkey bowl i've never done it it sounds like it could be fun um the turkey hunt uh i'll boot that i've i've actually i i'm i don't want to start a political argument here i'm not anti-gun but i've i've never fired a gun i've never had an interest in owning a gun. I've never hunted. Um, I'm not against hunting. It's just something I, I, I grew up a, a city kid. My, my dad was never interested in that. No one in my family was ever a hunter. So it's just something I've never done. So, and really at this point at 53, the, the old dog new tricks thing, it's just not going to happen. So I, I would, I would boot the turkey hunt. My question is, where would you have a better chance of hurting yourself? Playing in the turkey bowl or going on a turkey hunt? <laughs> I feel oh, like I, I, I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure. I, I misunderstood. Tur- I thought you meant literally like bowling a frozen turkey down the oh. lane and hitting pins. Um, but still, <laughs> no, like football, <laughs> like the turkey bowl. Yeah, that 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 those are fun too. But that that's passed me by. That's I'm too old for that. <laughs> You're popping I'll, an Achilles in that. I'm, one. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to stick with my my run passer boot. And it's funny. I, I've got a run passer boot for you that is also Thanksgiving related. Uh, Given your preference, which I know a lot of times this is out of our hands as the husbands, but if you could pick where you go to eat your Thanksgiving meal, would it be to stay home and host it? Would it be to go to a relative's house or just screw it and let's go to a restaurant? Oh, this is okay. This is easy. Uh, I'm running with the relative's house. I don't want to do those dishes. I don't want to be responsible for what's going on in my kitchen. I don't want to have, I mean, all the cleanup and the cooking and everything else. And it just, you're, you're on the whole time. When you're in a relative's house, you're allowed to just go to the other room and sit there and watch football and not have to do anything. So relative's house, clearly, uh, I'll pass on my house because I, I if I'm, I do want to eat a home cooked meal. I'm not going to a restaurant. Don't go to a restaurant on Thanksgiving, man. Come on. Definitely not Arby's. Dude, if you spend Thanksgiving at Arby's, you deserve everything you get, which will probably be some sort of terrible digestive issue. Don't do it. Awesome turkey sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still not going there on Thanksgiving. Don't go to a restaurant on Thanksgiving, people. Don't do it. Just don't. Be better. Be better. Uh we better since this, since this is our last episode of the week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, uh, including us. But we have our, our our bonus podcast is up already, and that is our decade in review. Uh, our all decade team. We kind of go through the debate for picking the Bengals all decade team. So you can go listen to that. That's our bonus pod for the week. Uh, so we're going to take a quick preview of the Jets right now, uh, and that includes our growler bet. So hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter. Let us know what you think. If you get it right on the nose, we will buy you a growler of delicious 50 West beer. They And they have our new uh, Trees of Tahoe uh, sort of celebrating their 50, Route 50 out on the, on the West Coast. It, it is awesome. It's in cans, too. You can go get it in Kroger if you want to. It is awesome. Uh, so anyway... 
a growler could be yours. Hashtag Bengals growler bet to us so we can see your answer. The question this week, the number will be Andy Dalton attempts versus New York Jets points. The Jets have scored exactly 34 points three weeks in a row. The Bengals running game is starting to kick up a little bit, so maybe they don't make Andy Dalton throw as much as he was before. But if the Jets run up 34 points, he's going to have to throw it a lot. There is a lot in the equation here. A lot. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Because the more the Jets score, the more Andy's going to throw. So I I feel like this is going to be a low number. Um, I, I are we picking differential or are we picking what's going to be higher and what that number is? Differ. Yeah, who's, who's going to be we, higher? It's on the scale okay. of negative ten to positive one hundred, whatever it is. It's you're, you're you're on the scale. Okay, I'm going to go Jets points by five. Okay, I'm going zero. Ooh, hitting it on the nose. I'm saying whatever it is, they start running it up. Dalton's going to throw more if they don't score a bunch of points. Then Dalton's not going to throw as much. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to say I'm saying zero to make it easy on everybody. That's mine. Uh, this prediction is, time. This is a growler bet, people. This is going to. I mean, this is going to be a low number. This, this is a growler bet that listeners can win. We have not given away yes. a growler of beer yet. Uh, we want so, to. It's Thanksgiving. We yeah, want to give it away. Remember, hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter. Send in your pick. It doesn't cost you anything. It only takes a second to do, and you might win a free growler of beer. Of delicious 50 West beer. Delicious. The best kind of beer. Uh, let's go predictions. What do you got? Well, I'm going to go against my my growler bet because I don't think Andy's going to throw 19 passes. But uh, I, I've got Jets 24, Bengals 16. They score one touchdown again, and uh, I just I don't think this is the week they get that win, even with Andy's return. Yeah, I had Jets twenty seven, Bengals seventeen. So uh, hmm. yeah, I don't think they get the win either. I think the Jets are playing pretty good. Sam Darnold's playing well. Their defense is pretty tough, and their run defense in particular, I think, could set it up to be a long day. Um, no ghost in Paul Brown Stadium. No ghosts here. No ghosts here. Uh, 0-12 it will be, which it doesn't even set a record, Jay. We can't even, like, I'm sure we can find some new record it'll set. It They've does set a set. record. It just it extends a record. Extends a record, but not set. It's not, doesn't, yes. like, it's not like the monumental moment. It's just extension of the suck. <laughs> it's not as good. Not as good. Uh, all right, that'll wrap up. Again, reminder, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, our bonus pod is already up for the week. And that is our diving through the all-decade team, which we can think about better times, better places. Also, hop over to The Athletic right now. Our whole all-decade series is up. Jay, Jay going through the actual uh, picking out of the all-decade team. I have the 10 moments that made the decade unrequited, which is sort of like a, a, a mountain of sadness. But – it also it does remind you of the levels that this team was playing at uh, not too long ago, um, and it really wasn't that bad of a decade. It certainly was a bad back half of the decade, but um, the front half was it really was the most successful run five year run in uh, franchise history, um, which is kind of sad in its own right. But that's what it is, and so that's up. And, and again, the bonus pod is already up where we talk through the debates on that all-decade team. So you can go back and listen to that. And really, if there's any other team, whoever you like and you you follow on The Athletic, you just go in and you just pick the teams that you like and that's what your feed is. You get all the stories and podcasts and everything else about that team. There is a all-decade review on every single team. So if you're a big fan of the Trailblazers, you can listen to the Rose Garden podcast talking about the, the all-decade team uh, or go through the Portland Trailblazers uh, look at the the biggest moments of the decade uh, or any team or or Everton. If, you're, if you love my Everton team and you are just completely just – beside yourself at how awful and terrible they are and you're mad about it and you want to throw things and consider wearing a bag on your head, then you can go back and think about better times and look at their all-decade starting 11 or whatever. I mean, Premier um, League, NBA, NFL, every single sport, There is there's an NFL all-decade team which two Bengals almost made it onto. AJ and Gino just on the outskirts honorable mention for that, the NFL's all-decade team. But uh, 
yeah, there's there's so much stuff around this. It's awesome. Soon as we sign off here, I'm going to go read about Ohio State's decade of dominance against Michigan. Just couldn't, couldn't resist <laughs> throwing that out there. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it is pretty dominant. You really can't deny that. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so and if you're not a subscriber, uh, please do. There's there's promos associated with all of this. You can get thirty percent off. You know, you're talking about three dollars a month, people, and you get all the contests, all the bonus pods, all the stories that we're writing, uh, everything that you want now, from any team, all across. This country, all over the UK, the Premier League, you've got it all. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening to Hear That Podcast Ground. Talk to you next time.